0: Welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. I'm live from Florida, and I'm going to talk all about my stay on Miami Beach at the Hyatt Confidant. What did I think about the property? What was it like on South Beach? And why did somebody get kicked off my plane on the way down to Florida? Plus, we'll talk about easy wins in the Miles and Points game, and Chase has upped the bonuses on the Sapphire cards. Which one should you get, and which bonus Should be on your radar. All of that coming up right now. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. MTMPodcast.com is where you can go for that. Or just search Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to join us in our Facebook group. And if you want to dive in deeper, our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories is a great way to connect with other people who love this hobby. We give bonus content every single week in our private Facebook and Discord groups. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Thanks so much for listening let's hit it joseph mark how's your uh, how's your week been you guys uh having fun i'm over here in florida traveling kind of forgot what that was but uh i'm learning again your best florida man impression right always i can never be as good a florida man as you mark but i will i will try <laughs> i will try you are you are um, the uh, person i aspire to be when it comes to to my florida, florida travels man. but nice uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been fun we'll talk about that a little bit later but like i said it's you know it's been nice to to be out and things are a little bit different than maybe you see on the media. I think we'll talk about all that. I don't know. You posted that video from Miami. It looked pretty <laughs> much like what it looks like on the media. <laughs> well, and that kind of proves how you can manipulate it. Cause that was the only crowd I came across like that all day. And they were filming a rap video, Joe. I mean, of course, you know, you're in South beach, you have to film a rap video. So actually it was a, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to watch just that much energy, that many people together. I was able to distance myself from them. So that worked okay. But it was outdoors, of course, as well. Fun stuff. So how's everything up there in uh, Boston? Pretty
1: good. I uh, would love to hear some tips from you guys about just how you've been handling flights, especially like cross-country flights. I don't know. What do you do? Especially, well, I I guess Ellie's old enough. It was her birthday last week. I don't know, Mark. Did you hear about
0: that? Yeah. And my yeah, birthday the week before and the anniversary, yeah, right yeah. before that, yeah, yeah. just in, yeah. Case in case anybody <laughs> forgot. In,
1: ca- in case you didn't know, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I've been thinking about taking flights again and stuff like that. Um, my second vaccination is this weekend, so I'm pretty excited. And I'm, I'm, like, thinking, like, I have this anxiety about, like, oh, I haven't flown in over a year. I don't even remember what, like, normal flying is like, and then what is it like to be on the plane? Security, I don't remember. I actually just um, signed up for Clear. And so I went to I went to the airport for the first time in like 15 months and it was like bizarre walking through there. You know, I don't know. I have this just kind of like, I'm like, what's going to be like to fly? So I'd love to hear, you know, what your guys' experiences have been since you guys have both been on a couple flights so far.
2: I signed up for Clear when they had like the free promo uh, two, three months ago. And I've been to the airport two or three times since then. And I, I haven't completed it where I went to actually like finalize everything and then use it because I go. I went to the airport and there was nobody in line for the regular um, uh, TSA. So I was like, well, what's the point of wasting my time going over there and getting this? But yeah, I flew Delta one time, which was great because they were blocking middle seats and that felt nice. So if you can fly Delta, they're still doing it for a little bit longer. That's a good way to do it. And then I flew Frontier, of course, which was a hot mess, as you would expect. I didn't have, you know, gold status or whatever Sean has. So I missed out on the uh, the extra Imagine space. Imagine what you could have gotten for the $49 mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it was pretty normal. Uh, on the Frontier flights, everybody's crammed in. So it was completely full, full plane. And, you know, I wore an N95 mask and took it off just to take sips and, and a couple snacks, bites along the way. But pretty standard flying. I mean, it does feel a little bit weird at, at the beginning. But after you're on the plane, in the plane for a while, you kind of forget about the whole thing besides getting a little warm breathing uh, under a mask, but other than that, not much. How about you, Sean?
0: Well, I had a tip. I told Bethany this the other day. I said, fly a red-eye flight because you'll be so miserable for other reasons that you won't remember you have a mask on. And that's basically how my flight went the other night. I was just just sitting there miserable for four hours, didn't even think about the mask one time because I was just, (laughs) you know, like this, like that the whole time. So, yeah, and for uh, people listening, I was just nodding off. You know, you nod off and then you wake back up. But it doesn't translate
2: for people
1: not watching live.
0: And also, that
1: doesn't sound... I don't know, that sounds even Here's worse. It was a joke,
0: yeah. I have, a, I have amnesia when it comes to red-eye flights. I always, when I'm taking them, I always tell myself I'll never do it again. And then somehow I find myself booking them. A lot of times coming to the East Coast, it's the most convenient way if you want to get that extra day instead of losing a whole day. So it is a trade-off, but I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like other than, well, I guess I could tell my story about uh, Frontier. I did, about, Not Frontier, about my uh, JetBlue flight the other day where somebody, we had to go back to the gate to kick somebody off the plane, who the flight attendant accused not, of not wearing a mask, but was sitting right near me and was wearing a mask, was only asked one time to put their mask up. Flight attendant kind of got on a power trip. All of a sudden we're driving back to the gate. Two hours later, the guy refused to get off the plane. They had to call the police. They had to deplane everybody at two in the morning or one in the morning. And then uh, it was a midnight flight. And then we finally got going at 2 a.m. So I guess it, uh, it creates nice theater, Joe.
1: That sounds terrible. Yeah, oh, it was, with a, it was terrible. With, <laughs> I mean, a red with a eye, small child a too. Eye, a red eye plus a two-hour delay plus a, I mean, the worst is when you go back to the gate, right? Because you're you're mentally like psyched up, you're like ready to go, and then you got to go back. And yeah, I mean, I remember you telling me that story offline, Sean, and it did sound like that uh, flight attendant was going on a little bit of a power trip. So that's unfortunate because you said you never even saw the person not wearing the mask. So that's a little bizarre.
0: I didn't see them not wearing a mask, and I did see the flight attendant one time come over and say, you have to put your mask back up. Never was there a warning you're going to get kicked off the plane or we're going to go back to the gate. In fact, within two or three minutes of them saying that, all of a sudden the, the captain came on and said, we're going back to the gate to take care of something. And then we got back to the gate. The manager came on told the guy he had to leave with his, and they had a baby too, his wife and a little baby, like less than a year old. Of course, once you go back to the gate, there's no staying on that plane for them. There's no way, doesn't matter who decides it. The The, the policy of the airline is you have to leave. So he was upset. He just said, I'm going to wait for the police. Thankfully, the police did deescalate. It took him about an hour to get him off the plane, but they didn't arrest him. It didn't become a big viral scene or anything like that, other than his wife cursing them out in uh, some language. I don't know what language it was, but uh, I, she, I think she had every right to be mad. Getting kicked off a plane with a baby, and they wouldn't even let her fly, even though it was him who supposedly did that. She was trying to do that. So, I, hopefully, there is some oversight to these flight attendants, and there's an investigation into what happens when this when this happens. Because we hear about this stuff, and everybody wants to like, kind of condemn the person not wearing a mask. But maybe it's not always so black and white. And of course, like I said, I you know I. Wear my mask the whole time, and I expect everybody should, and that's the rules of the airline and but it's just a good reminder that flight attendants are always in charge and be nice to them
2: once you're getting removed like you're there's you can ask the police to come, you can ask talk to the captain you're pretty much there's nothing you're going to talk your way out of like just get and off no you're making know. A, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're compounding it at that point like. Just get off and try to talk to to them in the gate, talk to the gate agents, ask for a supervisor, then maybe talk to the police if it's necessary. But, and I understand in the moment, you're just so angry that you're like, no, I'm going to screw up everybody's day that's here because I shouldn't be getting treated like this. And it doesn't help your case at all. And and it really isn't going to go anywhere. So yeah, if it happened to me, I'd be like, okay, I'll get off and we can hash this out off the plane because once they make that decision, they're not overturning it. It's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah. And after what happened on United a couple years ago, if they have to deplane a passenger, they don't, or if they have to, if the police come, they're not going to let the other passengers watch that. So that's why we all had to get off the plane before the police ever even stepped foot on the plane to talk to him. And as we were exiting the plane, they had, you know, six, eight officers. They had six right at the door and then another couple in the terminal. And like I said, thankfully they de-escalated it, but it was definitely inconvenient and uh, on a red-eye flight. Although we were going to arrive, you know, in Miami at 7 a.m., and we arrived at 9 a.m. and we weren't able to get into our room right away anyway, so it wasn't a huge impact, but it was just miserable in the moment, of course. But uh, let's get into the show and talk about other stuff. I know, Mark, you're so excited about the Sapphire cards this week and, more importantly, bragging about how you were so years ahead of telling everybody how Sapphire Preferred was better than Sapphire Reserve. And uh, both cards have special bonus offers right now, right?
2: Yeah, the Sapphire Preferred has an eighty thousand point bonus right now, which matches the highest that we've seen publicly, but they also have a fifty dollar statement credit for grocery spend as well. So it's it's a little bit better than we've seen. And I think that you might be able to get the annual fee waived at the branch, I've read. So that makes it even better. The Sapphire Reserve has also increased. It's been fifty K forever. They bumped that up to uh sixty K now. Uh the highest ever, of course, is a hundred thousand when it was launched, but it has been nowhere near that since then. So I updated my post uh, that I wrote many years ago about why people, most people should get the Sapphire Preferred the first year. And then if they want the reserve, upgrade to it after the first year because there's just more value. And the difference in the annual fees, the difference in the, the welcome offer, and all that stuff, when you combine it, you'd have to spend an amass, a massive amount of money on the Sapphire Reserve in the three times earning categories, which is restaurants and travel to make up the difference. Like we're talking 30, $40,000. So I wrote this years and years ago when, when it was a little bit closer, it was more like a 10 or $15,000 difference and people just went nuts on it because they thought I was crazy, stupid, you know, just went, went off about it. And I think more and more people are starting to see that this is the best way to do it. If it's been four years since you got the Sapphire reserve and you're looking to get another bonus out of uh, one of the two cards, I would say get, get the preferred for sure upgrade it back to the reserve if you want, or once you sign up for the preferred and get the bonus, you can upgrade a freedom card to the reserve. You can actually carry both. You just can't sign up and get a, a welcome offer for both if you're holding one of the other Sapphire cards. So that's a good little tip too as well, but I just thought it was kind of funny how things change over time. You're not going <laughs> to say I told you so? I told you so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think with these offers, you'd have to bend over backwards to try to justify the Sapphire reserve over the Sapphire preferred given the, the lower annual fee and the higher bonus on the Sapphire Preferred. Like you said, there's other options for, for moving within the card. So, yeah, I think you're you're right as far as everything that you said. So I, I don't really have much to add.
2: What do you guys think about, like, the Sapphire Reserve right now? Joe, Joe, I think, finally downgraded his, I believe, after years and years of sitting on the fence. Right before the uh, pay yourself back
1: came, <laughs> like two weeks before. Yeah. But I guess it serves me right for paying all that extra before that.
2: Yeah. But you look at it like when it first rolled out it was an a, an amazing offer, an awesome card, the the annual fee was less and the earning at that time, you know, 3 times on travel was best in the the area, 3 times on restaurants was was top end, and now it's beat by, you know, cards that have lower annual fees, which is and Chase hasn't done anything with it. And they increased the annual fee and they added these limited time offers that have credits and I think people are just finally now coming to grips with that it, it's not such a great card and it's not really worth carrying long term unless you're using the priority pass often and you, even more specifically into a, a priority pass restaurant that's where the value really is you know besides uh, some of the the travel insurance and stuff but you get similar stuff with the the preferred so where are you guys at with it like I feel like it went from the crown jewel to middle of the pack and within
0: a year or two i mean i agree middle of the pack i have mine still i'm gonna it's when it comes up for renewal i'll decide what to do i do cash in points at one and a half cents i do book travel through the, the chase travel portal i just booked theme park tickets for this week through the chase travel portal at one and a half cents so that is a consideration there but you know with that annual fee being 550 dollars now and like you said i'm not so excited about all these little credits that i can get i i just don't know You're not riding the Peloton. (laughs) I have I do actually have the Peloton. So that does save me a little money. So there you go. There's some there's some value there. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, I can get one point two five cents with the Sapphire Preferred, um, you know, if I'm cashing in uh, through the chase Portal or booking through the chase portal. So that's really the one thing for me. But I I really don't know that I that I get the value. And like you said, one of the big things when I got it was the three X travel between the ink cards where I can earn five X on a lot of stuff. And other cards where i can earn bonus on travel it's not as appealing as it was a few years ago
1: yeah i mean i think what killed the car for me you know sean says he bought theme park tickets for 1.5 cents per point which is great but they're not the theme park tickets i care about which is disney world tickets which you know once chase took disney off of all their travel portals and stuff like that the chase Sapphire Reserve really became less interesting to me and i was able to you know get most of the money back via the credit and stuff like that. But then once things went up to 550, I, I know they delayed it, but it just became not worth it anymore. And I think you're right, Mark, like the card has stayed the same while other cards have either added value or added new things. And so it's just not it's just not what it used to be. But I, at the same time, you know, I think Chase, it's a big win for them. It was the crown jewel for like a year or two. Everyone was getting it. People like me kept it for too long. Others like my parents still have it. By the way, you know, because they still have it, we use that to get the Peloton app for Jess, and she loves the app. We, we don't have a bike, but um, <laughs> she, she likes to use the app. So, probably gonna be some breakage there too eventually. So, it's stayed stagnant while others, you know, American Express got really interesting. Uh, everyone came up with new ideas. And so, I think it's disappointing, but at the same time, does Chase Care? They, they already got most of us into their ecosystem. And a lot of people who were not in the ecosystem before, a lot of not us type of people, a lot of non-travel hackers, they got in Chase ecosystem because of the reserve as well.
0: Well, it's interesting though, the Sapphire Reserve, when it launched with that 100K bonus, they made a huge deal about how much they lost on that card. And I wonder how they're, how they're justifying the 80K bonus on the Sapphire Preferred, how they feel like they're going to make money on the customer acquisition. I just find that interesting considering they did all that publicity. They wrote down, how much did they write down? I can't remember the exact amount after Sapphire reserve launched, but it was
2: substantial. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a lot
0: of money. And so they, I mean, 80 K bonus on the Sapphire preferred, clearly um, they're, they're trying, they're trying it again. I signed my son up or I didn't sign him up. He signed up. I told him to sign up, he signed up and I got approved. So I was happy for that. And he's well entrenched now at 20 years old in Chase's ecosystem with a freedom card and a Sapphire preferred and now he can pretty much, I think, write his own ticket with Chase and the other banks. So that's exciting. We're going on a trip later this year, and I told him he's paying for all, all his own stuff via the points he gets from signing up. So it's good. Nice. Where are you yeah, guys we're, going? We're going to do a trip with my dad and my brothers. So just a guy's trip and my sons so just multi-generational to Scotland because my dad's always, uh, we have Scottish heritage, partly, and he has always uh, wanted to go there. And so coming out of COVID and uh, he's not getting any younger, he's 74. So I think now's the time. Scotland is... Beautiful. Ah, that sounds like a great trip. So Ryan in the uh, chat here asks, how do you guys value or not value the travel protections? The only ones I really use are the the primary rental car insurance, of which I've never made a claim, so I can't really say how well that works. But uh, I expect it would if I needed it. Do you guys value that at all in that in this card or in any other cards when you're considering it?
2: That's the thing. Like you can get that with a few other Chase primary, you know, uh, premium cards. So it's not. Only the reserve. Now, the reserve for like the other travel, like the flight delays, stuff like that, the time is less than you would get with the preferred, but it's not substantial. I mean, if your flight's canceled, you're going to get taken care of either way. Now, if you're delayed a shorter period of time, then yes, you could take advantage of it where you wouldn't with the preferred, but that's such a small chance of happening over, you know, a long period of time. I don't know that, that I justify it. I, if you're flying for work often and, and this happens to you, you know, once or twice a year, then it's something you could consider for sure. But for somebody that's more of a leisure traveler, I don't think that it comes into play all that much. Once you use it once, I'm sure you're like, oh, that value, I value this card for years now because it saved me all this money. So I think that's a personal decision on that for sure.
0: And it's nice that the travel protections work if you book through the Chase travel portal, right? With using points, you still get the protections, I believe. So that's nice too, that if, even if you're not actually paying cash for the flight by swiping the card. Certainly there's value in that stuff. It's just, I tend to look historically, I've, I travel a lot, And I haven't really had to use these protections. Thousands of nights, thousands of nights and thousands of hotels. And never once (laughs) have I used my chase Sapphire reserve (laughs) travel protection. So that kind of tells you something, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would add it's not only
1: chase cards that have travel protections, like so many different cards have so many different travel protections. And I get into the issue where you have so many cards, you can't remember which card you put on which trip, or like I booked this trip with x card because i was just trying to meet a sign up bonus and so if i use the travel protection it's just gonna be via dumb luck although we should point out that uh julie in the chat said she made a claim once on the car protection and uh it was super easy and they paid out in full and what i've heard um, not only from chase but from most of these companies is that the travel protection it pays out pretty easily so it is a great thing to have but i kind of think of it as a bonus and don't factor it in to my personal calculation just because who knows what card i use to book
0: which strip All right, well, let us know what you guys think on this. We have articles on the website and we'll put uh, links in the show notes. Mark's reviews that he's written of both the cards and then also about the bonuses and what exactly they have changed and exactly what you will get if you sign up. Let's talk about easy wins because Benji wrote an article this week talking about some of the small things that he does in his miles and points hobby to, to win. And I know somebody on Facebook replied to this and said, number two was... Not worth the time. And number two for him was using his City Rewards Plus card for all the little micro transactions. Uh, do you guys we'll start there? Do you guys do no. that? <laughs> I know that I don't, uh, Ben yeah, is really I, big on that.
2: 100% agree with uh, the Facebook commenter. I just don't think it's worth the time. And my wallet's already pretty stuffed with cards, so to find a spot for this card and then to remember to use it when it's you know a five dollar or less transaction or ten dollars, whatever the cutoff is it's just not worth it to me. And usually I'm working on a min spend anyway, So those type of transactions are going to go to that. Or if you have an everyday preferred, it's perfect for the 30 transactions that you need to hit each month. So that's a hard pass for me.
0: I do have a friend who has it, it added to his Apple wallet on his iPhone. And then because there's various coupon promotions when he's at the grocery store, it makes it pretty easy to use it and he uses it for small transactions. So he's made it as simple as possible. And I guess if you streamline your life in that way and you just happen to be somewhere where you have a small transaction, it might make sense to kind of do it that way, to kind of plan ahead. But I don't know that I would lose any sleep over making sure I maximize that. What about you, Joe?
1: Yeah, I was uh, telling Mark offline that uh, Benji and I have different things that we find joy in. I think nine out of the 10 things on his list bring me zero joy. <laughs> and so the only thing that kind of uh, brings me a little bit of joy is if I use my miles and points to book for my family or something like that. On the city Rewards Plus transactions, it's just too much of a headache for me. You know, I know some people will like automate things and make small payments and stuff like that, but all of that is just uh, too much of a hassle. What I really appreciate about about Benji is he loves like digging into these nitty gritty details, squeezing every last ounce of value out of things, but that's just not me. However, you know, there's a lot of people who, especially if you're coming from like a couponing background, want to get every cent, squeeze every percentage out. And so, you know, I think all the stuff he wrote was great. It's just, you know, none of that stuff appeals to me. It's not necessarily stuff that I wouldn't do, but I 100% do not derive any joy from doing any of these kinds of things. It's just too much, uh, Too much work.
2: Oh, uh, I just, I just imagine somebody sitting there loading their AMU, Amazon account fifty cents at a time to get to their hundred dollar purchase mark.
0: With, but it the, uh, with I'm the sure car- lots of people do that.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I will say buying gift cards at the grocery store is one that I do quite often. I think it's a good one to earn the fuel rewards as well as four times with the MX Gold. I try to do that as much as possible. When I think of uh, about it, Amazon's a big one for that. Or if I'm going to like a chain restaurant, Buffalo Wild Wings, something like that. Some of the other ones, the restaurants apps, I use like two restaurant apps. McDonald's is a good one because they always have coupons on there that you can get, you know, like from getting the kids two Happy Meals. Sometimes they have like a two Happy Meals for the price of one type of thing or free fries on Friday, stuff like that. Buffalo Wild Wings has a pretty good uh, rewards program, but I don't go into too much detail there. I know Benji loves them. He wants to start a fast food app podcast. So if you're interested in that, let us know. Uh, <laughs> some of the some of the other ones he brings up is... Now, funny, Joe said he likes to, to book things for friends and, and family. And I enjoy that too. I have even done it for strangers if they need help for something, at, like a donation type of thing. It makes it all worth it kind of feeling. And... Funny story. Uh, my brother in law flew in today. He flew a red eye. He was pulling a Sean, and Teach he was going to land. A at, fish,
0: Mark. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was going to he was going to land at like five thirty in the morning. And I'm like, I'm not getting up to go pick him up. So I booked an airport hotel with points. Went down. Drove down there yesterday. Checked in. Told him to add him to the room so he can take the airport shuttle. Go there. Crash for a few hours. And we'll pick him up. You know, around eleven o'clock or whatever. So it's good for him because with my kids here, they'd be excited to see him and they would not let him sleep after flying all night. And it's good for us that we didn't have to get up early to go pick him up. So 20,000
0: Hilton points, well worth it. Well, somebody in our Facebook group said, why are you doing that? You know, teach him how to get his own points so he can do it for himself. And it's like, to the point of this article and, and what Benji said is sometimes it's nice to do things for other people. We don't always need to tell people how to do all of this stuff because we're all a little crazy about this, right? That's why we, this is our hobby and that's why we do it. And plus, it's great uh, to share the joy.
2: Tonight, I'm going to make them watch my kids while we go out for a date night because of it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, so my, you, there's my payoff. <laughs> payback, yes. And also the reality is you cannot teach
1: everyone to do all of these things just like some people's brains like don't work that way especially if it's like a one-off it's just and and family it's just worth it you you know you build capital you know i was talking to mark about how my father-in-law is super helpful around our house you know well i'll book him a hotel uh to make life easier for him and uh you know he can fix my door it's just family type stuff
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, if you do have relatives who you want to get into the Miles and Points game, just tell them to listen to the Miles to Memories podcast. I think that's the perfect place to start and read miles2memories.com, all of that good stuff. All right. So let's move into, to, we'll talk a little bit about my Miami trip. I know that we haven't had the ability to talk a lot about travel on this show, just because we've been stuck at home for, for so long. And I know that everybody's really interested in what it's like out there. I know coming into my trip, booking a trip to Florida, there was a little apprehension, like what's it going to be like, how different is it? Yeah. I thought I would talk a little bit about, about the Florida experience, being on South beach, being in Miami beach, and then staying at the confidant, which is a very popular Hyatt property there, uh, category four. So it's 15,000 points a night or you can use a cert, which I use three certs. We've talked so many times about how we have way too many certs. So this was a great way for me to get rid of my certs. And the Confidant was built in the 1940s. And uh, if anybody's who stayed there, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have stayed there. It was renovated. It was eventually turned into an apartment building for many years and then renovated in 2014 as the Thompson. And this is back when Thompson wasn't owned by Hyatt. So in 2016, Hyatt bought the property and turned it into the Confidant and the theme of the of the hotel is a retro glam so that tells you sort of what you're what what you're looking for virgin
2: was trying to go for in vegas and totally whiffed on
0: yeah i think so i mean uh (laughs) it's night so it's themed in the night it's a property built in the 1940s of course it's in that very miami beach sort of style but uh the the theme is the 1950s there's artwork everywhere but it's an older building the rooms are not the, the biggest so it's not like a luxury property so i wasn't sure what to expect going in and it's far from a perfect property. I saw, you know, there was a leak in a floor. Actually, there was a leak somewhere on our floor. It didn't affect our room. Thank God it's not an Atlanta Sean, situation. Sean all breaks pipes
2: just to try to get free rooms. You yeah, heard it here that's first. That's what Mark
0: is accusing me of. But there was a situation. So we woke up one day. They had fans blowing on the other side of the floor. So again, it didn't affect us. Uh, there was a little bit of a smell in the hallway, but it didn't go in our room. So nothing to complain about at all. But it was on the sixth floor. I went down to the fifth floor one day. It also had the, the flood, the fourth floor did. And then the last day we checked out, the flood had made its way all the way down to the first floor, to the lobby, where they had fans. So at least five floors of the hotel were affected by it, uh, which had to be miserable on uh, on spring break. But yeah, overall, the hotel is good. I mean, it's a, it's interesting location. It's right on Miami Beach. I mean, I think anytime you can stay in a hotel that's not like, but yeah, overall, the the hotel was really good. It's right on Miami Beach, so you're, you know, a two-minute walk, or not even a two-minute walk, a one-minute walk out the back of the hotel. You get free chairs on the beach. Uh, rent an umbrella if you want. It has an adult pool, a kids pool, so it's a good kind of family destination, I'd say. Not luxury, but I think it's interesting. It sort of embraces the South Beach culture, and uh, I really enjoyed the hotel. I wasn't really expecting to do it. One interesting thing that they did was they set up a lounge just for Globalist members because apparently they had so many Globalists overrunning their restaurant for breakfast on busy days that now they've set up. A globalist what they call lounge which has a a buffet that they'll serve you and then you can order a la carte from the menu so it was nice to kind of see some sort of a benefit It kind of reminded me a little bit of a club lounge even though it was only open for breakfast which made it feel a little bit more normal i guess
2: didn't you say it didn't really feel like a hyatt overall and it was probably like one of the lower end hyatt's as far as finishes and just the overall vibe of everything
0: Yeah, I think there's a reason it's a Category 4. This is, like, not a fancy place. And even Jasmine, who, you know, she stays in a lot of Hyatts, but she's you know, doesn't really pay attention to a lot of stuff. She says, oh, this doesn't really feel like a Hyatt. And I would tend to agree with that, although I'd say the staff was was pretty good. And if you go in there, I think, with tempered expectations, understanding that you're right next to the beach, understanding that you have, uh, you know, decent pools, a decent area, cool vibe with the art. The rooms are kind of small. They're pretty well-worn as well even though the hotel was renovated just six or seven years ago. So if you understand that and you're not expecting a luxury beach vacation, I, I think that, that you'll do uh, just fine. The Hyatt centric is just, uh, it's closer to South beach. I saw that it's a category five, so you can't use the certs on it. It looks a little bit nicer, but of course, uh, you're paying for me. The value was the certs. The, the three night stay we did was $2,000 in cash altogether. Once you added in all the tax and everything it was about $600 a night, which is crazy but you know, using the certs uh, was an amazing value there, plus the globalist breakfast and uh, everything else along the way. So I wasn't expecting to, to like it as much as I did, but again, it's not, I didn't like it because it was fancy. I didn't like it for anything. I just liked the location. The staff was friendly enough. They really were trying. To me, that's important in a hotel. That's the, the vibe of a hotel is very important. And I think that this one has a kind of a cool vibe.
2: So overall Miami, uh, Not as crazy, which you hinted at earlier, not as crazy as the the news has portrayed it to be, or maybe it's calmed down since, you know, that was like the week before that all the stuff was going down. But what do you think of like the whole Florida as a whole compared to Vegas as well as the Miami vibe right currently?
0: Well, Miami Beach has a curfew right now at 8 p.m. in the Art Deco District, that famous, you know, Ocean Drive, where all the, you know, the videos where all the people were packed in a couple weeks ago. They closed that down at 8 o'clock, so there's really no way for there to be a crazy party there. And they also closed the causeways coming out to Miami Beach so that people can't come and flood in there on the weekends. And that seems to have chilled things down a little bit. Uh, I'll have a video. I actually didn't plan on filming a video, but then I was sorta kinda taken up in the moment, so I did film a video. Hopefully I'll be able to to release it soon with the vibe there, but it was just a lot of fun. People having fun. There was room to distance if you wanted. Outdoors, probably most people aren't gonna be wearing masks, but indoors, I haven't really seen an issue with people uh, wearing masks for the most part. It still seems to be required most places. Like for instance, Hyatt's policy is to have masks, so the confidant required masks. Outdoors they were generally allowing people not to wear them, but indoors they were asking people to do it here in I'm in Orlando now. masks are required indoors as well by the county, so it, it seems like everybody's doing that but for as far as South Beach, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the strip, but maybe a little bit more alive than we are in Las Vegas, a little bit less restricted, people having fun i Kind of strolled up on a makeshift rap video where you had hundreds of people on the streets rapping, and it was just a lot of fun uh, to watch it. So many interesting outfits, interesting characters, and uh, South
2: Beach—the place to to
1: people watch for sure. Lots of good pe- people watching paint, and paint us a mental picture, Shauna. These
0: outfits. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. There, don't. This there, is was very, show. there was very there was very little a family of show. Yeah, that's family family show. exactly <laughs> what Mark. I was going to say exactly what Mark said. There was very little of them in many cases. It was just people out there having fun. There was people of all shapes, sizes, colors from all different backgrounds and like you would expect in Miami Beach, maybe in a more of a normal time. So it just seems like the people that were there were, were ready to kind of move on. But again, it wasn't so crowded. There were police everywhere. There were paramedics. The whole road is closed off too, which is kind of unique. If you've ever seen those videos of people driving down South Beach, it's kind of a very famous drive along all those art deco buildings. Well, that road is now closed and all of the restaurants have patios set up into the streets. So it's a different vibe it's unique that you'll never probably get to see once COVID is over and so it becomes kind of a pedestrian area and a lot of fun but like i said if you wanted to avoid the crowd you could there was plenty of room to walk around plenty of room to do all of that and i don't know i mean i guess maybe i'm desensitized because i am on the strip i have been around people quite often since last year but i had a lot of fun I, i mean i was i was into it i was enjoying myself like i said so many interesting people out there you know what's weird though the rap video We walked by this guy and this this like white guy with his big fro and he was wearing a suit that was about eight sizes too big and i told jasmine i was like that guy has a suit that's like eight sizes too big in the middle of miami beach in the summer why is he wearing a full suit and he was like 20 years old and then later on he was the rapper who's doing the rap video in the middle of the rap video so i guess that was all part of his vibe and his uh his cool things so i tried to find out who he was i don't know if he's anybody important or he was just doing an Instagram video or something else, but.
2: It's just yeah. a YouTube celeb.
0: <laughs> just a YouTube celeb. <laughs> TikTok celeb. Yes. <laughs> probably, TikTok. probably. But yeah, I mean, overall, just good vibes, good fun. It felt alive. And I, I'd say that that's something that I, I've missed a lot in my life. And I felt safe there. And I felt that I could always distance if I wasn't comfortable with the situation. And I don't know, I feel like the media has certainly overplayed things a little bit when it comes comes to this. But of course, like I said, they're cracking down with, uh, with a curfew. And because so many people had run out on their checks now of course you have to any of those restaurants you got to start with your credit card nobody's trying to nobody can run out anymore i guess they had like a thousand different people run out on checks a few weeks ago in one oh, night wow I, hadn't all heard of that. T- I didn't know, I didn't, <laughs> know that I didn't know that was the thing i know that thing.
1: oh i mean on the media you know tom bricker over at a disney tourist blog he is always saying how the media will point out when there's like big crowds like after duke uh won i can't remember what they won but they won something and there was a huge crowd and you know these outdoor crowds the people will take pictures but then the media never follows up like weeks later to see if anything happened and in almost all cases nothing has happened so you know i agree with you i think outside i think at this point we know that being outside is um you know it's being outside it's just uh eating inside and you know, don't
0: do that rap video inside. Okay, Sean. Yeah, well I I think to the point is I don't think the media is always honest when they're reporting these things because they want big ratings. And I could have filmed everything in a way where that one crowd of the rap video made it seem like South Beach was completely packed with people when it wasn't. So it's just a matter of showing balance and actually trying to to balance things and the media doesn't always have that incentive because they want to report something that is sensationalized to, to get people riled up or to get people interested. And, you know, that's the case. I've seen that in Vegas all the time. I've seen people report things in Vegas that just aren't true, you know, things that I've seen in person. There's been times where I could have, it's all about how you tell a story and we tell stories and we all bring our own perspective to it, but I don't know. I just feel like the whole travel experience has been much more in line with what I've found in Vegas, which is still everybody sort of, you know, we still have mask usage and all of that. I felt it's very similar here. I haven't seen people kind of being rude or fighting about anything or, or anything of that nature. So that's all I can report, but uh, overall pretty good. Got to got to see the Hard World, Rock.
1: Too. What? Disney World vloggers also very guilty of making things always look more crowded than they are.
0: Sure, and I saw a picture of uh SeaWorld uh that Greg, my co-host on the Disney Hacks podcast, did SeaWorld San Diego, and I looked at the picture, there's this big crowd of people, and then outside of the crowd there's nobody around like if you look in the distance and stuff. So these people got bunched up for some reason and this person oh my god the crowds are so crazy you know it's like at some point yeah we can tell a story but yeah i mean tell the whole story and i I try to look for people you know whether it's vloggers or people reporting the news that are trying to give us a more complete picture because ultimately there's a lot of people out there that want to decide how they're going to get back out into the world and uh you know i think that uh people that are reporting back they should do it in an honest way so Go out there, travel. If you're comfortable, stay home if you're not, and uh, enjoy your life. That's what I'm saying at this point. And stay safe and healthy. And I think that uh, you can. I think that there's a, a, a way you can do all of that. So, uh, you guys got any trips planned, Joe? You you uh, you get coming down to Disney World now. You want to come meet me? We'll, we'll go to the parks. I'll stay a little longer.
1: Um, hopefully. So I'm not gonna verbally commit to a Disney World trip yet until it happens just because my heart can't take the uh, breakage anymore. But then like I said last week, you know, I do have that trip planned to LA with my daughter, which is why I'm asking you guys about the cross country trips. That one I feel more confident about than going down to Disney World since I can more call the shots of how I want the things to be you know when i'm out in the actual world obviously the plane is the plane but you know when i get there so um we'll see but that's what i have so far and then we have a couple you know we have a couple of family trips this summer so you know like i said second vaccination this weekend and after that it should be more or less all systems go at least leaving boston when we get there like you said you know we'll take the precautions that we've been taking the whole time we're not going to stop um wearing masks after we're vaccinated et etc cetera, et cetera.
0: what about you Mark? And- Oh, before I was no, no, going to say the family aspect is so important because uh, Mark, I know that you travel with your kids so often and you see the joy that they get out of it. I see the joy my kids do. And just being on this trip with Ellie, you know, we, we took a trip to San Diego a few weeks ago, but this is, you know, flying somewhere, it's a big vacation. And that's just special. Being able to have that time with her again and just seeing how, how much joy it's actually bringing her to be away and to meet other kids and to kind of be out of the normal setting.
2: Yeah, the only thing I have is the Alaska trip, which I think I t- we talked about last week a little bit, so I won't go into too much detail. But that's coming up. Their school ends, and then the very next day we leave. So I know I'm looking forward to it. My son's looking forward to it, and of course we're going to be heading to the beach as much as possible this summer. So I'm not. I don't think I'm going to have a ton of um, trips over the summer because of that. But I did. I'll, I'll jump right into my rapid fire. Derek at Travel on Points had a, a found a great deal on the hyatt chesapeake bay which is a very popular property especially east coasters uh looks beautiful i've never stayed there so i'm looking forward to checking it out but they also have a golf course attached and they had a room rate where basically like for 50 60 70 more dollars than the than the normal standard advanced purchase room rate you can get unlimited golf for two people and that includes range balls uh the golf cart and unlimited for for your stay so you could probably get two or three rounds out of it depending on how hard you want to go the course looks nice. The course itself is probably $75 to $100 a person to golf, so you're basically getting a, a really great deal on golf. Either you can look at it that you're getting a great deal on a room or you're getting uh, mostly free golf. So, Either way, uh, I booked some of that for the fall. Hopefully after the crowds leave the shore, uh, go check it out, see the trees changing and all that, and and get some golf out of my system. So, I'm looking forward to that trip too. How about you, Joe? So I want to shout
1: out Benji had another article this week that is called I'm my own worst enemy, how I continually lose out in the points and miles hobby. And he just identified some of the problems that he personally deals with, whether it be organization or paying too many annual fees. And like I said, Benji is great at paying attention to the details. And I really appreciate how he pays attention to the details about, you know, some of the places where he's not uh maximizing things and i think like he says at the end of the article it's good to take stock of where you're losing out or where you might be wasting your time or money and so i definitely suggest you check that out give it a read you know maybe what he's his own worst enemy about is not what applies to you but for all of us there are blind spots and places that we can clean things up so i thought that's a great reminder
2: well let's be let's be honest here joe you like to play the game where. You try to guess who wrote the Miles to Memories article when you see it come out on Twitter, uh, yep. and but that was this one. Was Benji's so easy. your Benji's your favorite one to get right because you can usually tell what which ones are. Benji's it. the easiest, yeah. Benji's it's it's no problem.
1: The titles, you know, everyone should play this game. When you see Miles to Memories post an article on Twitter, guess who the writer is before you click on it, and then definitely click on it to make sure you're right.
0: Yeah, that's the important part. Click on it to, to make sure you're right. But yeah, I think we all have our different <laughs> styles, which is important. I think in trying to. To, to share different perspectives and uh, Benji's definitely different than than all of us which I value uh, highly and that was going to be my rapid fire Joe but you stole it from me I checked so. the notes it was Blake I know so I didn't, I didn't put anything on the notes because I was enjoying my pool time but uh, I do have one because Mark I think you uh, ranted a little bit about Hilton free night certs this week and how they are quote shady at worst I think you said so you said that yeah Customer not customer friendly. friendly at yeah. best and Shady at worst. Another easy and...
2: title article to guess, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you should have seen the original title, Joe. Let's just put it that the, way. The original
2: right title had an AF after it, but uh... <laughs> Sean so what vetoed. You knew...
0: I didn't veto. He asked me because he knew that it was, he knew what I was going to say. He just it was to... special, to it. though. But as far as, yeah, Hilton, how they still, you know, have, they're not in the 21st century where you can book online and see them in your account and all of that. And there's really no excuse at this point. I know somebody defended them somewhere on Facebook or in on the comments on the article. And like, why defend them? Everybody else has figured out how to make their certs easier. Sure, it's not the end of the world. You have to call or track them, but it just seems like uh, they haven't put any effort into that probably to force breakage. And uh, I tend to agree with you there. Hopefully Hilton will, will see that and uh, or not see that, but you know, hopefully they'll see the error in their ways and, and make some changes. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Joe, when people aren't listening to this fine podcast, where can they see you?
1: You can find me all over social media at As Joe Flies. If you're looking at a book of Disney Vacation, you can contact me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. Quick reminder, if you were not here last week, we are recording these live in the Miles to Memories Facebook group at uh, around lunchtime Eastern. Unfortunately, it's not set in stone right now because of my crazy schedule. But uh, definitely Thanks, check Boston it out. Boston Public Schools. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, check it out. Uh, come listen to us live, you know, listen to us screw up. But then also, you know, you don't have to wait three days in case uh, the information goes stale. So it won't,
2: though, because we're professionals. It's only happened you? a couple times. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you, Mark? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me Mark at Uh Come to the website. Comment on any of the articles there. I uh, respond to you there as well or join our Facebook groups as Joe said and I'm in there all the time we just Ryan Flanagan just took over as our head moderator so we're we're uh, doing some new things and lots of good discussion happening how about you Sean
0: Yeah I'm excited we we have our MTM Vegas video podcast Mark and I do and we're going to talk to uh, Rick from Travel on Points who stayed at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas so that's going to be coming out hot mess this week <laughs> and of course miles to memories.com for you know 30 to 50 posts a week something like that That's a uh, but, huge range it's it's like my thursday <laughs> ddg it depends on how uh, how much uh, beer ddg Dep- has had. Uh, no it I mean, depends on how many soccer games are on there you go the world <laughs> cup we're down to about 15 or 20 <laughs> <a week. laughs> outside of that uh, we have we have more but you can find everything there and uh thanks so much for listening we hope to see you in the facebook group on the website on the youtube channel talk to you next time see you next week Bye.
2: Julie called us the three stooges. It's it's pretty accurate today. I would say the one stooge and then Mark and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Well, and, you know, after all these years, I can be a, a stooge once. You know, the stooge so. and the frat boys.
2: <laughs> we need an update on that review so they can for sure specify which one is the other frat boy. Yeah. yeah. So whoever a, a, whoever wrote on, that, please get on that, guys. If you're still hanging
0: on with us, please please update it. Did I bring my Crocs? I don't have Crocs. Am I supposed to have Crocs? That you're, was the you're joke. Sa- oh, come yeah. On. <laughs>
2: ah. What? I think in I your Atlantis video, you were you in were the... wearing sandals. That kind oh, of those like Crocs. Those are not Crocs. And those we made those are, are, those no, but we, we made no.
1: I know, but we made fun of you
0: when you were talking. Ah, I forgot all about your two-hour <laughs> <See>, Atlantis <laughs> story, Ryan. That's, you were I mean, like, that's good. That's good that you remember Crocs. that from all that time ago. Because I, I remember it now. Like now, it's me and Joe remember it. Yeah. You guys make fun of me so much that it's just, you know, it's it's he's
1: eventually gotta, I just got to he's got to block it out, you know, to yeah, remain gotta a Yeah, you got to put walls human,
0: up and, you know, remain a functioning Got to protect my deal. fragile ego. Yeah.